It's game day, and this is the home of Scottish football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good afternoon and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard Rangers are looking to keep the pressure on at the top When the bottom side St Mirren come to visit Brian Rice's first game in charge of Hamilton Is a crunch basement battle with Dundee And managerless Hibs welcome Aberdeen to the capital Big games everywhere this afternoon I'm Gordon Duncan Joining me in the studio Alex Ray, Mark Wilson and Hugh Keevans The prospects are as bright as the weather Gordon I've already described Rangers against St Mirren as a walkover I've said it, I mean it it will be And then I look at Easter Road No Neil Lennon For the first time At a Hibs home game They've made an absolute mess Of that business The Hibs hierarchy Rod Petrie Lee and Dempster The team on the park Can't afford To make a mess Of this game Or the fans will react And at New Douglas Park Game of the day I think Without question Brian Rice A managerial novice Takes over from the Much maligned Martin Canning And comes up against Dundee Who are the definition Of blowing hot And cold I fancy them today though Yeah I'm looking forward To the, the games today Gordon It's an opportunity For Rangers To put the pressure On Celtic tomorrow Aberdeen as well Be looking to go And get three points At Hibs And as uh, Hugh says The game of the day For me Hamilton versus Dundee Yep, stories everywhere again, Gordon. And it'll be interesting. Game of the day, yeah, we're, I think we're all in agreement here at Hamilton because you always like to see how a manager gets off. And Brian Rice is a fairly different setup from what we're used to in this league with a director of football. New signings everywhere, uh, including Dundee, who looks stronger um, coming out this window. So that one will be an interesting one. And also, Ibrox, you know, the. the you know, discussions of, of Defoe and Morelos and Davis can all play together will surely be answered today so looking forward to that one also well, of course Hugh Keevans all the fixtures today sit against the backdrop of a transfer window which has now closed yes. so it's all about seeing these new guys in action are teams stronger than they were prior to the window are they not uh, can they hit the ground running all these usual sort of cliched questions that, that come about at this time of year well I always think the window closes the door opens to a fantastic finale to the season Kilmarnock lost to Hearts last night at Rugby Park Now we've praised Kilmarnock to the hilt Steve Clark in particular However I think last night Kilmarnock's chances of being in the title winning conversation Moved into intensive care It was a terrible result for them A good performance from Hearts Two terrific goals Craig Levine's side are back in the conversation well, you've got to say that. I was wondering, you know, watching some of it last night, thinking, our hearts back to their best, where they started off the season so brilliantly with yeah. all these players. And I know Ick Piazza is still out, but Craig Levine's had his say, saying when he comes back, he'll, he'll go straight back in the squad, and that will strengthen them even further. But they certainly looked impressive last night, you know, certainly looked solid. And I thought the two goals they scored were absolutely magnificent. So you wonder if yeah. hearts will come good, and like you say, if Kilmarnock will fall away, because. Out of all the teams up there I think they've done the, the least business In this window One or two minor Technical difficulties At some of the grounds At the moment So let's bring you The thoughts of Stephen Gerrard And Oren Kearney Ahead of that big one At Ibrox They've obviously signed I think it's three Maybe four players But you know Straight away As soon as you You see that they're getting Deals done We, we have analysts That get straight onto them Individuals And we clip them up And we make the players Aware of who they could Be facing Or the possibilities But until a team sheet Actually comes through your door An hour before kick-off That's when you know Or have a good idea How the opposition are going to 
to go. But I'm sure St Mirren are really pleased with the business they've done. They've had three or four decent players into the mix, so it makes the challenge that more difficult for us. Coming back and the fixtures have been quite tough for us, you know, two, two on AstroTurf and then obviously going to Carden Beef in freezing conditions. You know, it'll be nice to go and play on a, a top surface at Ibrox with a full house behind us. And, you know, it's the players' responsibility to make sure we start the game well and we get that crowd behind us because the last time we, we seen a packed Ibrox, it was on the back of an old firm. But that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be the same atmosphere. It's our responsibility to lift the crowd. Let's go straight to Ibrooks and get the big team news ahead of that game. Alison Conroy and Gordon Diel are there. Yeah, good afternoon, Gordon. As you can imagine, a few changes to the Rangers team from that win against Cowdenbeath in the Scottish Cup in midweek. Alan McGregor is back in goal. It'll be a back four of Tavenier, Worrell, Katic and Barisic. Then McCrory sitting in front of them. Then it'll be Davis, Kent and Arfield with Morelos and Defoe up top. On the bench, it'll be Fodringham, Halliday, Koulibaly, Jack, Middleton, Candias and Lafferty. For St Mirren, just had a quick look at the team at Haladke in goal, then it'll be Paul McGinn, Bayard, Popescu, Ferdinand, Erehon, Steve McGinn, Lyons, Tansy, Dreyer and Jackson. On the bench, Holmes, Muztek, Corbett, Flynn, McAllister, Mullen and Nazon. Gordon Diel, as expected, we would expect, as I'm saying, these changes this afternoon. It was eight changes at Cowdenbeath in midweek. Yeah, and he's gone back to the shape, obviously, that he adapted down at Rugby Park when they lost to Kilmarnock. They look like they're going to play with the diamond. Uh, that gives the freedom for Morelos and Defoe to try and get this partnership going. I don't think it worked down there. I think the two players played too far apart. They may have worked on that in training, but Kent will just play in the top of the diamond. He'll be trying to feed the ball through. So it'll be interesting to see this afternoon against the St Mirren team who are really, really struggling. You've got to say, Alison, I don't expect them to get anything here. And I think Rangers will be delighted to be back to a magnificent pitch. Just looking at the surface, great playing conditions, and I expect a lot of goals. Yeah, St Mirren. A lot of a lot of signings in this window, but really, really struggling down the foot. Yeah, they've, they've they've taken a chance to bring a lot of players in. You just hope that they they all blend in together very, very quickly. Sometimes it happens for you, sometimes it doesn't. Coming here today, bought my league, not playing particularly well. Uh, it's a big ask for them I don't think they'll get anything and uh, they'll stay bottom of the league by 5 o'clock tonight so as the team news from Ibrox it looks like 9 changes for Rangers this afternoon well Alex Ray what do you make of that the question we've been posed for a few weeks now is you know, can Morelos and Defoe yeah. play together should they play together we've not had a definitive answer either way they get another chance this afternoon yeah absolutely I think this is a shape that they more or less went with against Kilmarnock for me they were very narrow on the evening didn't quite get the result they were looking for they'll have to be a lot more adventurous they'll have to get Tavernier and Barisic supporting down the flanks and that's what give them their natural width so uh, obviously surprised to see Candace drop out as well again he's been brilliant he brings a lot of energy to the team but uh, I think at home Defoe and uh, Alfredo Morelos is obviously they're trying to kind of shoehorn that partnership trying to work, work on it and hone it so a lot of uh, factors to take into consideration today against a, a St Mirren team who have many changes uh, Hugh, without wanting to even come close to disrespecting St Mirren Stephen Gerrard's thought process would probably be if there's a game to try it it's going to be at home against a team from the lower half of the league Well, the, the team who are rock bottom of the league the team who uh, are there for a reason because they're not very good a team who last Sunday lost three goals to a struggling Hibs on their own ground. When Gordon Diel described it as a big ask for St Mirren, what he really means is it's impossible. St yeah. Mirren are in for a long afternoon mm. and a hiding. You and I both know it's not even close to impossible. I think you're trying to stir the pot earlier than usual this no, afternoon. No, I am telling it's you. impossible. Come on. Yes. Impossible. Yes. <laughs> Listen, watching watching St Mirren at Celtic Park a, a few weeks ago, uh, 
And the way they came and played I would tend to agree with you If they go that way to Ibrox today It is impossible Because they left themselves no chance of getting forward now Of getting a result So there's only one thing going to happen When you've got Defoe, Morelos You know, Davis, Arfield All coming at you for 90 minutes If you're thinking you're going to defend that Then you're wrong You need to give something going forward So I wonder if Oren Kearney will have a different mindset going into this game than he did at Celtic Park because his tactics that night certainly didn't work. Yeah, it's going to be really tough and you know I think you can see the strength of the Rangers squad when they make so many changes to their to their squad for a midweek game. Um, but we would expect probably a lot of changes again for Saturday. So yeah, it's going to be tough and their home form probably has, has been has been strong as well. So we, we, we know we're in for a tough day. Probably you would say the same mindset was there for the Celtic game and it didn't turn out how you would want it to. So um, I think it's it's probably more more than that. It's it's more than just not going there under pressure. I think it's more going there with a the real belief that you can get something. Uh, let's continue to go around the grounds and get team news ahead of the big kickoffs. Then Motherwell against Livingston will be watched by Fraser Wishart. Yeah, an interesting one, Gordon. A beautiful day out here in Motherwell. Pitch looking terrific, but uh, you've got two teams who are in a pretty unusual position at this stage of the season when they're eighth and ninth in the table. But they're not going to get dragged into a relegation battle. They've got enough points already. But on the other hand, they do look a wee bit too far behind to perhaps get into the battle, to get into the top six as well. So it's going to be an important part of the season for both managers. Both knocked out the cup as well. So keeping the season going will be important. For Motherwell, pretty quiet transfer window. McCormick and Aribi came in, but perhaps their best signing was getting young David Turnbull. He's played 14 or 15 games uh, this season, but he's on a new contract. He's a very talented player, number 10. He's a big, tall lad, strong physique, good vision. He scores goals, and he was confident enough at age 19 to take the penalty last week against Dundee, which turned out to be the winning goal. But they'll find it tough against Livingston. They made it tough for Motherwell this season, but Livy have been on a poor run of results recently, no matter what happens from now until the end of the season. It's been a terrific season for them. Staying up would have been the target at the beginning of the season. They've done that already, and Gary Holt can plan for, for next year. The players have huge credit, and many of them here, as we know, from their time in League 1, League 2 a couple of seasons ago. And they don't look out of place in the Premier League. Three wins in a row for Motherwell, another today. would take them level on points with Livy in this mini-battle between the two teams. I do have the team selections for Motherwell. They're unchanged from last week. Mark Gillespie in goal, Liam Grimshaw, Tom Aldred, Charles Dunn and Richard Tate at the back. In midfield, Jake Hasty, Alan Campbell, Alex Rodriguez-Goran and Gaboli Aribi with David Turnbull just off the main striker. Curtis Main on the bench, Juan Ferguson, Cal McHugh, Peter Hartley, Elliot Freer, Danny Johnson, James Scott and Ross McCormack for Livingston usual style of play 3-5-2 Liam Kelly in goals Declan Gallagher Craig Halkett and Alan Lithgow at the back across the middle Scott Tiffany Scott Pittman Sean Byrne Craig Sibbald and Stephen Lawless with Chris Erskine and Ryan Hardy as the strikers Ross Stewart Greg Wilde Hakeem Odafan Kieran Brown Dolly Menga Ricky Lamy and Steve Lawson are the substitutes and the referee today the sunny for Park is John Beaton. Really, as big games everywhere you look this afternoon. Not uh, not saying that for dramatic effect, Hugh Keevans. I think we can agree they are all big ones. Let's keep going though. Roger Hanna's at Hibs against Aberdeen. Yeah, it's the start of a new era here at Easter Road. Gordon, an era without Neil Lennon. He's left, he wasn't sacked, he didn't quit, but he's certainly not here because it's Eddie May and Grant Murray again in the dugout. Their first home game in charge after coming from behind to get that 3 1 win against St Mirren and Paisley last Sunday. They have made changes. Ollie Shaw, who came on at half time and turned that game in Hibs favour he starts alongside Florian Camberry there's a return as well at left back for Lewis Stevenson he's fit again as for Aberdeen well their, their best business was really to keep hold of Scott McKenna who was 
wanted by Stoke and Middlesbrough. Keep hold of Gary Mackay Stephen, who is wanted by New York City. McKenna is injured. Both he and Michael Devlin miss out and will miss the Rangers game on Wednesday night as well. The teams this afternoon have start with Offer Marciano in goal across the back. David Gray, the captain. Darren McGregor, Paul Hanlon in the fifth against Stevenson. A diamond in midfield. Mark Milligan, Marvin Bartley, Vikinta Slivka, and Stevie Marlin with Shaw up top with Camberry on the bench. Bogdan, Nelom, Gold, Omionga, and the three deadline day signings. Mark McNulty, Gail Bigrimana and Darnell Johnson. As for the Dons, Joe Lewis in goal. It's a back four of Shea Logan, Tommy Hoban, Andy Considine and Max Lowe. Then Lewis Ferguson and Graham Shinney, the skipper, with Greg Stewart, Stevie May and Gary McKay. Stephen just behind top scorer Sam Cosgrove. On the bench, they have Cherney, Gleeson, Wilson, McGinn, Ball, Campbell and McLennan. The referee, at a very cold but a sun-kissed Easter road this afternoon, Gordon, is Don Robertson. Definite game of the day contender at the Hope CBD Stadium. Hamilton Aki's up against Dundee, Andrew McLean. Yeah, certainly, as you say, game of the day contender. Maybe not in terms of quality, but a lot of interesting points going into this one. Start with Hamilton, and well, what a week it's been for them. Martin Canning obviously left his post on Tuesday morning. It didn't take them fine long to find his replacement. Brian Rice coming in as the new head coach, and he's overseeing his first game in charge today. They're just a point above 11th place Dundee, who come in with a new look side for the second half of the season. 11 players coming in during the January window, and about the same going out as well. Lots of change, but only time will tell if that will help them fight off relegation this season. Big changes for both sides going into this one. Four for Hamilton, Fulton, Sowa, Taiwo and Emery go out. In come Woods, Gogic, McKinnon and Oakley. A 3-5-2 for them. Gary Woods starts in goal. A back three of Ziggy Gordon, Matt Gallen, and Alex Gogic. The midfield five, Aaron McGowan, Tony Andrew, Darry McKinnon, Scott Martin and Scott McMahon. And the two up top, Scott Boyd and the debutant, George Oakley. The substitutes, Fulton, Emery, Davis, Miller, McMillan, Mimnaw and Sowa. Dundee have gone for six changes and there's five debutants coming in today as well. The players that go out from that disastrous 3-0 loss to Queen of the South in midweek are Kerr, O'Dea, Deacon, Ennis, Paul McGowan and Miller in come Horsfield, McGowan, Wright, Woods, Hadenius and Robson so it starts with Senny Dieng in goal it's James Horsfield, Ryan McGowan, Jinsedek Kasunga and Nathan Ralph across the back the midfield four, Scott Wright, Martin Woods Andreas Hadenius and Andy Dales and it's Ethan Robson in behind the striker Craig Curran, the substitutes, Parrish, Kerr O'Sullivan, Paul McGowan, Miller Nelson and Moore, the referee here at the Hope CBD Stadium is Ewan Anderson and let's hear from Brian Rice I think if they get, if they get the right messages coming from us leading them you know, I think players, you can get them to do anything. The only thing that stops players doing things is fear, in my eyes. You know, we're going to try to eradicate the fear factor, you know, and getting them playing without the fear, uh, expressing themselves. And if they make mistakes, they make mistakes. It's not about making the mistakes, it's what they do about the mistakes that they make. You know, I want them to play with a smile on their face, I want them to enjoy winning, I want them to enjoy a Saturday night. Too many times where people go home at night and they've not enjoyed it. Now, if you go out and you get everything you've got and you've had a go and you get beat, you can enjoy that. Let's go back to Ibrooks and speak to Gordon Diel ahead of Rangers against St Mirren. Gordon, a big chance this, I suppose, for Rangers. Stephen Gerrard, we heard from him a bit earlier on in the show talking about the nature of the fixtures they've had to face since the winter break ended. A couple on AstroTurf, away from home, Cowden Beath and the unique challenge that that brings. So, back at home today... With your new signings in tow Against the team bottom of the league There's not really any room for excuses this afternoon No exactly And uh, just looking out at the pitch Gordon I've got to say It's absolutely terrific And I was surprised I came in here at 1 o'clock And they were actually watering it 
so it shows you the condition it's in. So there's no excuses this afternoon. They're playing a team that's bottom of the league and struggling with uh, 10 new signings in January, trying to get out that relegation fight. Uh, so they went back to this diamond. It'll be interesting to see how they develop with that. And I'm with the boys. I think Candace has been one of the best performers this season. I think he'll feel a bit unlucky to be left out, but he wants Davison and he wants obviously Defoe in as well, up top with uh, Morella, especially at home where they, they reckon they'll probably get most of the ball and create uh, a lot of chances and they're hoping that these two guys can form a partnership and start banging in the goal. So it's going to be a real interesting afternoon here. I mean, Gordon, the, t- the two that people felt sorry for, if that's the right phrase, for, for missing out was McCrory and Kandia. So Kandia still has to settle for a place on the bench, but McCrory is in the starting 11 this afternoon so he, he keeps his place in that group yeah I think McCrory is uh, one for the future I think he's a terrific player he plays that holding role very well at the bottom of the, the so called diamond and he gives the protection to the two centre backs and it allows you know your full backs they've got to get really high up in the pitch because that's where the the, the the wide areas are for them uh, they know Kandias you were used to seeing here at Ibrox with Tavernier and Kandias in the one wing really causing a lot of problems but today it'll be Tavernier getting up and down um, you know our field they play and their kennel play at the top of it it didn't work at Kilmarnock but that's not to say it's not going to work this afternoon so it'll be interesting Stephen Gerrard feels it will work today um, I feels it's the best way of getting goals and I expect Rangers to get a real few goals today I think it'll be a comfortable uh, three points because they're six points behind they cannot afford to drop anything there's no way in the world they can afford to drop anything if they've got a, a serious chance of challenging Celtic because you would fancy Celtic to go to St Johnston tomorrow and pick up an R3 point. So it's vital that they win at home today. Stephen Gerrard, Gordon, has said that, that he doesn't want bruised egos, he doesn't want petted lips. If he decides that somebody goes out, another player comes in, that's the way it has to be. And I think that's a good statement in this week of all weeks because yeah, it's okay saying that, Hugh, but you've got to convince the players that's the way it's got to be. Um, you've got to look at, for instance, if I was Candace, yeah, you've got to be a part of a team, you've got to be a part of a squad, but he's done nothing wrong for me. In fact, he's been one of the best performers when every time I've watched Rangers, he creates chances for And just looking at you're thinking, well, where's the chances going to come from? Because the two fullbacks will need to go very high today to get balls into the box. You've got Kent, they'll be looking to put th- things through uh, the middle of the defence for Defoe and Morelis making the runs. But I just feel when Kandia, especially Ibrox, gives him that width and he gives him such a, a terrific delivery for centre-forwards to get on the end of things. So, yeah, you've got to say to a squad, it's all about games, it's all about you know having the right attitude. But I feel, I really feel for Kandias. I think that there should be a place for him. Yeah, I think but, he's been. But listen, uh, a manager, and you were a manager yourself. A manager must be given the right to manage. We've got Neil Lennon unemployed today because somebody Easter Road didn't like the way he managed. Now, are we in danger of having player power to the extent that you get the petted lip, you get the bruised egos? And why am I being left out instead of the right to manage? Yes, without a shadow of doubt, as a player, as a professional, you've got to accept the decision. I'm not saying for any manner means that uh, Candace will be having a petted lip. I'm not saying that. I'm saying in my um, my opinion, I think he'll feel very, you know, disappointed being left out with the performances put in. But he does not fit into this diamond. 
And that's where, obviously, he's changed the formation to get his two signings in, Davis and Defoe. And he has every right because he feels that that's the best formation, that's the best team personnel to win the game. So I'm not saying Cadiz will be out with a petted lip. I'm sure that Stephen Gerrard would have, you know, man-managed him by having a chat with him and just saying, look, you've been terrific, you're a big part of plans, but today I'm going with a team that I think is going to be better suited to beat St Mirren We've got the top team all around the grounds that's you up to speed in your team news Rangers St Mirren Motherwell Livingston Hibs Aberdeen and Hamilton Dundee we're going to get all the guys involved and look back on the week's biggest stories next Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's personal injury solicitors Compensation They know the score Talk to Thompson's.com Rangers St Mirren Motherwell Livingston Hibs Aberdeen And Hamilton Dundee Are featured matches This afternoon The four games In the top flight Of course we will be Keeping an eye On all the big games Throughout the divisions And we'll give you A couple of updates uh, From Murrayfield as well Scotland nil, Italy nil In the Six Nations After eight minutes what? In that one Yeah I knew you'd have Something to say about that But some people are interested You might not be Six Nations yeah. No no We'll explain it to you Get a clean sheet Yeah clean sheet so far We'll explain it to you At the next break Hugh Keevans Right we've got Roger (laughs) Hanna Fraser Wishart Gordon DL Andrew McLean Alison All out and about Uh, Let's have a look back At some of the week's Biggest stories Mostly centering around The transfer window Roger Hanna If I was to put you in the spot And ask you Who did the best business Or what was the best Piece of business During the window What would you say Oh, that's a very good one. Um, I think the proof of the pudding is always in eating, so we don't know. Celtic have gone for younger players. Jeremy Tolian came in on deadline day to supplement Burke and Bio and Weir. All young, up-and-coming players. Rangers have gone for the other end of the scale with Defoe and Davis, who obviously, as we say, both start this afternoon. Um, I'm watching Hibs and Aberdeen today. The three guys that Hibs brought in on deadline day. A defender, Darnell Johnson, on loan from Leicester. A midfielder, Gail Biggeriemana. Quite a surprising move from Motherwell. And then a striker, Mark McNulty, back up in Scotland after a, a, a time with various clubs down south. All these guys start on the bench. Difficult to see how they'll, you know... D- make an impact today. As for Aberdeen um, they, they're probably in the window will be happy with the players that they kept Gordon. Scott McKenna is still there albeit he's injured and that troublesome hamstring again but he's still there he hasn't gone south in this window which is a big bonus for Derek McInnes because he still thinks they're in a title fight they're in a fight for the Scottish Cup and with McKenna and Mikey Devlin are fit they look at a, a, a better team at the back and they've also kept Gary McKay-Steven at the other end of the pitch and supplemented him of course with Greg Stewart from Kilmarnock and you can see last night how much Kilmarnock missed Greg Stewart, how much they missed the suspended Chris Boyd and the injured Eamon Brophy, they don't have the cutting edge Aberdeen with Greg Stewart maybe do now have more of a cutting edge uh, Gordon Deal, best piece of business for you so far? Um, can I reserve that answer till 5 o'clock because I've looked at Rangers bringing in Davis and Defoe and at the beginning I thought terrific signings, great experience uh, international footballers will certainly add something uh, looking at them at Kilmarnock, I wasn't too impressed. I know that Defoe got his goal and um, still has to work that partnership up top. Davis, again, I didn't, I didn't think he dictated the game the way he should. Uh, Central Park's completely different, hard, hard place to go as well. Wasn't impressed, but it's different here today. They're at home, they'll get plenty of the ball, so you're expecting Defoe to try and go on the end of things and Davis to dictate the play so it'll be interesting in that I think the best bit of business has got to be Motherwell signing uh, Turnbull uh, on a long term contract happy with that one you the, say that. the reluctance of anyone Roger Gordon myself yeah. we'll get to Alec and, and Mark in a minute but the, the reluctance to say a club did the best deal with a player 
tells me that there has been no signing, none at all, that has made everyone think, wow, imagine getting him. There have been good bits of business, and I think the Aberdeen decision to turn down £5 million for Scott McKenna is the bravest bit of business because they've turned down big money for him before. Celtic tried, and it's a very, very brave decision because you're asking that player to maintain that standard that makes people make a multi-million pound offer for you and not expecting his value to depreciate at all. So, brave decision by Aberdeen. But there has been no signing in the window that has won universal approval do, as wow. Yet. Do you not think? Yeah. Well, do you not think there was an element of that with Jermaine Defoe coming to Rangers? Now, if you think of the signings Rangers have made in the past few years and windows, no real household names. Okay, some of them like Morelos and Candias has went on to achieve you know very good things at Rangers. But Defoe coming, I'm sure some people mm. uh, that were Rangers fans would have thought. Never thought we would have got a guy from the but Premiership paid whatever he's on. You and know, in his very first game, he scored, and Rangers lost, and may have done catastrophic damage to their chances of winning the title. I, who I think when you look across the board, the business that Rangers and Celtic have done, they've brought players in of stature. Uh, Celtic have brought the younger guys, but see when you look at the the league overall, when you look at McCormack, a player of that stature, can back to Motherwell. When we know he's no up to fitness, but if we can get him up to speed for the league, I think he'd be brilliant. You look at Malumbu going back to Kamarnock, I think he could be a good addition when he gets back up to speed as well. Greg Stewart going up to Aberdeen. Dundee have signed a host of players. St Mirren have signed eight or nine players. So, in terms of people doing their business and trying to make an impact in this window, we'll only know mm. in a few weeks. Uh, Fraser Wishart, there's always another side to this. Do we continue to flood our game with too many players from elsewhere? I know this is where you, in your role as Chief of PFA Scotland, this is where you come into your own here. It's not just PFA Scotland, I, I love Scottish football and I want uh, the game to develop and I want the national team to, to develop and you're absolutely right, I noted a few things down yesterday Gordon, 61 signings for Premiership clubs according to the SPFL website, that takes it to 200 almost in the last two windows, 200 signings in the last six months, that's 18 per team, I mean work it out, it is just, the words, words I would say would be just scattergun, a wee bit desperate for some of the teams in, in the lower half and just short-term thinking. And of those 61, only 12 were Scots. And of those 12, three permanent signings. So when you think of Project Brave, and you think about uh, the recruitment plans and team building and long-term, it is nowhere to be seen. And I just look at it from the point of view of, if you were a young player at a Scottish club, most Scottish clubs will generalise here, you have to be careful they don't become disillusioned because there's no pathway to the first team. Because even as you keep improving, and you're getting on the fringes of the first team, your team don't, the club don't look at it and think, yeah, give these lads a chance. They just go and they sign players on loan Fraser, from, from, from everywhere. Fraser, and it's a big problem for our game, Alec. Fraser, I find the figures staggering. And as someone who watches the kids' game, and you're obviously looking for the development, and we're looking about a pathway, effectively, for these kids to go through. In your role, see when you're going into these discussions with all the, the teams and things, what is their actual attitude? Is it just this short-term thinking to try and save a job over there? Because... We are not producing the players at the level, and, and that's a factor that you've just mentioned there because we're not getting them game time. You know, we, we do, we, the worst thing for me, Alec, is we don't actually know whether we're producing players or not because we just don't give them a chance. When, when you, myself, Mark, Gordon, all came through the ranks 
we were given a chance and it was sink or swim time and some of the guys I played with like myself went on to have decent careers some didn't make it but at least they had a chance and I, for me now the biggest thing is lads are leaving clubs at 19, 20 21, 22 disillusioned they don't even know if they're good enough they're not even given a chance and I, listen the managers I don't particularly blame them I mean because the, 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 the pressure from supporters the pressure on the, from supporters on the board the, the disaster that relegation is from the bottom end of the table I completely understand that it's got to come from the top what is your ethos as a football club are you going to develop players for, 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 for local players for the Scottish game for the Scottish team it's not just about that I mean I welcome players from all over the world if you come to this country brilliant I hope you enjoy yourself as well but we've become and we seem to take pride in it we develop players for English Premiership clubs it just doesn't sit right with, with me so this, this, I, I think there's a problem even just the numbers Hugh 200 players roughly yeah. in the last two windows 12 teams 18 I mean, some of the clubs, Dundee, St Mirren, Falkirk, Dundee United, there's 25, 30 players in and out the door, in, in the door, sorry, the last couple of windows. This, you can't plan, you can't plan a team. This issue has many sides to it, even Celtic. Cash, rich Celtic. The most uh, well-off club in the land, if you like. Uh, they now, you know, in the window, uh, Weir, loan, Burke, loan, Bayo, uh, permanent transfer. But Celtic have got so many players on loan that they can't play all of them in the Europa League. They've got too many. So the Celtic supporters are now wondering what about the, the, the dedication towards improving this club on a permanent basis? What about Europe, the, the European dimension, the Champions League, a failure to qualify this season? Are Celtic now settling for Europa League level or are they not going to spend some money seriously strengthen the squad? Uh, Fraser Wishart, Point Roger Hanna About the, the scattergun approach How much of that's down to the fact That the whole feeling and attitude Surrounding football clubs and, and managers in particular Has changed Because it would be nice to plan But you simply don't get the time do you? No you don't Fraser made a very good point He mentioned the SFA's project Brave In the middle of that It's a very valid point Because when all these changes were being made At St Mirren and Dundee through the week Oren Kearney and Jim McIntyre Weren't thinking of project Brave They were thinking of project Stay up or I'll lose my job and there's huge pressure on managers. Fraser's right, you can't blame the managers. All they're trying to do is keep their team up and keep their job for as long as possible because, as Alan Stubbs and Neil McCann found out early in the season and Martin Canning found out this week, mm. Neil Lennon too, if you don't do as well as the fans want or the board want, you'll be out and the next manager will come in off the conveyor belt and he will want to make 12 or 14 or 15 signings. You know, Falkirk was mentioned there and Fraser was speaking. Paul Hartley brought in in the teens of players. Most of them have been emptied out and Ray McKinnon has done the same. Dundee United, Shaba Laszlo brought in in the teens of players. In this window alone, Robbie Nielsen signed an entire new team. 11 players signed in the January window at Dundee United and a few of them are Scots. They're certainly not all Scots. So... You know, if you're Malky Mackay and the coaches at the SFA trying to bring through the best of the homegrown talent, you'd be weeping and wailing. As we said, the two are linked, Roger, and that obviously comes down to the pressure on managers. Brian Rice, a big day for him. What do you make of that appointment? It's certainly different, it's certainly bold, and time will tell whether it's a good appointment or not. Yeah, and it's been a really fascinating three weeks. I think it was three weeks ago today, I was at Perth the day Martin Canning's father was abused by Hamilton supporters and that really was the beginning of the end for Martin Canning um, the number of Hamilton fans you've had in the show night after night Gordon talking about wanting Martin Canning out and then succeeding in getting Martin Canning out 
I'll be fascinated to hear in the show today, hopefully, the quarter past five and then through the week, what the Hamilton fans think of his replacement because um, it's a bit of a gamble. They've changed the structure. He's a head coach rather than a manager. He's not managed before on his own. He's certainly not managed a top flight team on his own. So I think Hamilton have gambled. Will it pay off? Mm. Who knows And Hugh Keevans in the week Where it became official This time last week We were discussing Neil Lennon's Imminent departure He's yeah. officially Gone How he, how that came to be We'll leave that For another day okay. who, who next Because Not seen too many names We keep hearing Alan Stubbs You know if it's about Stability and, and what he did Previously um, Gordon Strachan Doesn't seem to be Much in that And if you're talking About the young Up and coming managers In Scotland Jim Goodwin's The only one That's been mentioned So It'll well, be interesting is, to see where they go next. This is why Rod Petrie, the chairman, and Leanne Dempster, the chief executive, are under serious scrutiny starting today. Because uh, should Aberdeen go to Easter Road and come away with all three points, the rumbling will start. Because the hip supporters are looking on at this business uh, and they're as perplexed as anyone else. They, they like Neil Lennon, they like the style of football that Hibs played. They do feel that the manager or the ex-manager now, is entitled to a sense of grievance over the amount of money that was mm. reinvested in the team. So they're under pressure. They have made a ridiculous, cack-handed mess of the Neil Lennon departure. The statement from the club was laughable. There is no other term for it. And the reason why Neil Lennon and Gary Parker were settled up so quickly in terms of their contracts, and the guys all know financial talks can be long and drawn out in Scottish football the reason why they've been settled up immediately is because Hibs know they've made a mm. cack-handed mess of it oh, plen- OK, plenty of life left in both those discussions but we're going to have to park it for the moment and take a breather we're going to go back around all the grounds and build up to kick-off next Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors a team that gets results every week talk to thompsons.com Big games all across the top flight this afternoon Rangers, St Mirren, Motherwell, Livy, Hibs, Aberdeen, Hamilton, Dundee We had a game last night, we've got one tomorrow So there is plenty to discuss a couple of days after the transfer window closed as well Hugh Keevans, Mark Wilson and Alex Ray are here in the studio Let's go back around the grounds and build up to kick-off Andrew McLean um, Brian Rice is in very much as a, a head coach, not as a manager what, what does that mean on a match day? Is, is he out there? Is he taking the warm-up? Is he sitting back like other managers would do? What's he doing right now? No, he's out there at the moment. He is with the players. They're out training, which you would expect as your role as, as head coach. You know, it's a case of really, here's your players. What are you going to do with them on the pitch? So he's out there. The players doing their shooting drills at the moment. And the Hamilton fans, as we talked about earlier on, they were demanding change. And it'll be interesting to see what Brian Rice has managed to do, if anything, so far, because he's only been in for two days, really. So one of the main sort of gripes that you heard on the, on the phone in there was people saying that Martin Canning one of the phrases was wasn't trying to win games that's certainly unfair on him he's won four games this season which is more than Dundee that they're playing today it's more than St Mirren so it was just a case of they weren't happy that Hamilton weren't attacking as much and you can see from the signings our last three signings and Steve Davis and David McMillan and George Oakley three strikers have come in so maybe that will signal a change in the way that Hamilton are planning and playing Brian Rice the fans will be hoping that it'll be going for a more attacking style you'd think but it'll be interesting to see if we'll see any of the evidence of that today uh, Fraser Wisher at your game between Motherwell and Livingston if we're talking about big pieces of business the Ross McCormick one probably falls into the same category as Defoe and Davis in that they were big names a lot of excitement but we've just not seen the best of them 
yet and he's on the bench again this afternoon yeah and I think similar to Davis and Defoe not having played much football uh, this season so it's not really up to speed I'm sure they're working behind the scenes to get him fit and match fit he did start the cup tie a couple of weeks ago sub last week against Dundee sub again today so they're just going to try and build up his, his fitness it's an interesting signing when, when you think of Motherwell's position because they're really not going to get dragged into the relegation battle they're really not going to get top six throughout the cup so it's a big investment when, when there's not on the face of it too much to play for, for this season but uh, as, as Allery said I think it's a terrific signing for our league you know he's a Scotsman who's developed in this country he's gone down south played at a really good level good quality player played for Scotland scored for Scotland so it's a big plus to have a player like that back in this country How much are Motherwell relying on young David Turnbull at the moment Fraser he's scored I think it's five goals this season every time he's scored Motherwell have won the game yeah. and I had to laugh when I read this morning in the newspapers that he's um, he's still not in the first team dressing room so he's one of the main men but he still changes with his, <laughs> with, his with the under 20s um, he's, he's not quite made the step up to the first team dressing room yet I know I know it's incredible but sometimes clubs will do that and sometimes that's not a bad thing as well just to keep the, the, the lad level headed and I know David and he is very level headed but he's confident as well but the right level of confidence is going to make him a, a good player the, the game looks easy when he gets the ball everything looks quite simple and easy he's comfortable in the ball the ball's not a problem for him and, and he's got a, he's, he's a tall lad as well and I think signing for the next couple of years will, will be a great move for him he'll develop as a footballer and Mother will be able to cash in on him at, at, at some point but, uh, and he'll develop his, his, uh, his, his physique but uh, I was at Tynecastle last week and speaking to Craig Levine and he was saying that Callum Morrison had played 30 games last Saturday that was his 30th game for him and he was now allowed in the first team dressing room sometimes that's not a bad thing though in days when young players are, are criticised for getting too much too soon I think just keeping them level headed keeping them in with their pals and David was saying that he's getting slagged by his teammates who are, who are, who are in the under 20s in the reserves so all good stuff for him but he's a good lad level headed the right level of confidence he'll go far let's hear from Stephen Robinson they've had a super season um, you know and all credit to them and all credit to the staff and players um, I admire lots of their qualities you know they, they play to their strengths they they're not embarrassed about it. They, they they don't get enough credit for actually they play more football than they're given credit for. You know the three boys in midfield are decent on the ball, but we're well prepared. This is going to be a tough tough battle. It's going to be you know if you don't win the battle against Livingston as they've shown numerous times, they'll beat you. And it's about doing that first and foremost, and then getting the ball into wide areas and, and trying to get the bylines. And but you don't do that unless you win the ball back. You don't do that unless you win the the basic free things in football. And it's a big game for us. I believe the next two games are huge games for us. We you know can really see us moving upwards. So we go into the game yeah full of confidence. Spot with a real determination to keep continuing our form. One day I'm going to count how many words per 60 seconds <laughs> Stephen Robinson says. But but listen, the man's doing a, a great job. He will go level on points with Livingston should Motherwell win at home today. Uh, and uh, you know he's bringing in the young players, and that is imperative for a club like Motherwell who can't lavish money on players. So. He's doing a terrific job and uh, and I think they will get all three points today. Uh, Roger Hanna, often when a manager takes interim charge, there is that question mark, you know, what if he does well, will he get the job? You don't have that at your game this afternoon. Eddie May in the Hibs dugout this afternoon could not be any clearer. He doesn't want anywhere near the job on a full-time basis, but he does have a job to do this afternoon. Yeah, he does. I don't think Eddie May and Grant Murray were ever serious contenders for the job. They did a good job in the, in the dressing room at half-time at uh, the simple digital arena last Sunday because Hibbs had been hopeless in the first half against St Mirren. He made a change. He sent on Ollie Shaw for Daryl Horgan, changed the formation, and it changed the whole direction of the game. And if ever Hibbs needed a victory, it was last Sunday. Um, it's been a difficult week for them. Neil Lennon and Gary Parker away. Uh, I'd be fascinated to find out who it was that brought in those three players on deadline day on Thursday. 
Thursday, Gail Begrimana, Mark McNulty and Darnell Johnson because uh, is it the next manager? Is it the current caretaker manager? Was it the director of football, George Craig, who is signing these players? They're all on the bench this afternoon, incidentally, but whoever Hibs get, I think they've got quite a big job to do because you look at the squad, there are lone players, listen, there are lone players everywhere, Gordon, but you get through this squad, Johnson on loan, Ryan Gold who's on the bench, on loan, Mark McNulty and Adam Bogdan also on the bench, on loan as well. So they've also in the team got a lot of players now in the veteran category, and they include the captain, David Gray in there, Mark Milligan over 30, and the likes of... Um, Darren McGregor as well at a, you know, a advanced years in the game so whoever gets the job to, to succeed Neil Lennon will have a job on his hands and will need to bring in a few players in the summer Any names that we haven't mentioned Roger? Well I read something through the week that Rod Petrie in his 20 odd years in charge has now had either 13 I think this will be his 14th managerial appointment and many of them Gordon have been left field you think of the likes of Pat Fenlon Colin Calderwood uh, Alan Stubbs the cup winning manager he, even he was out of left field when he arrived Tony Mowbray too and his first managerial job anywhere was here at Easter Road so they don't go down a conventional route um, I think they will spread the net far and wide it wouldn't bother them if Eddie May and Grant Murray remained in charge for the midweek game and also for the cup tie here against Wraith Rovers next Saturday if it buys them a little bit extra time to get the right man Let's hear from Eddie May and Derek McInnes ahead of this one. Aberdeen are always tough. Aberdeen are uh, a very good team. I think they've showed that over a number of years. Derek's a, a very, very good manager in Scotland. But one thing I'll say, Hibs have always been competitive in fixtures against Aberdeen. There's only one occasion then when we played last year, they got beat 4 nothing. That was on the back of playing against Celtic and Rangers and then going into Aberdeen. It was probably a little bit too much at that stage, but we're more than confident that we can go and make an impression in the game because we have been successful in terms of pushing Aberdeen very close and beating Aberdeen. And uh, so we hope to do that. The biggest thing for us, we've got our experienced players coming back to full fitness. So that makes it easier for the new man coming in to make easier selections for teams. That first game, but uh, when you play teams after the window closes, sometimes it's a bit more difficult to predict the team, but we know enough about Hibs in terms of their personnel. So for us, it's an important uh, game for us, a chance to go and win three points at a tough venue. done it time and time in the past, and we, we aim to try and go and do that again. We'll be strongly backed with 2,000 supporters, and hopefully we can make it a good day for Aberdeen. The aim's always to win three points wherever we play. You know, I think... Uh, there's been some good performances of late. We will have to bring a big performance, I think, if we're going to win the game. But I think we're in good shape to do that. Well, big afternoon for mm. the, the Hibs hierarchy, I would say, because the Hibs supporters are now staring at them. Uh, some will believe that they don't know what they're doing. Others will believe that they don't know what they're doing and they lack ambition. So they need a good result on the park today, Hibs. And the, the choice of manager is vital. I, I do take on board what uh, Roger Hanna said about managerial appointments coming out of left field. I don't think Hibs can afford that this time. They need a safe pair of hands. It's huge, huge, huge for Aberdeen no, today yeah. as well because if Aberdeen don't pick up a result, we fully expect Rangers to go and get a result today. And then the gap starts opening between Rangers and Celtic and Kelly and Aberdeen. And before you know it, it turns into a two-horse race. So Derek McInnes mm. will be desperate to get a result and keep that gap as close as it is. I don't forget big games in the Championship this afternoon as well. Alloa against Ayr, Dundee United, Morton, Dunfermline, Ross County, Falkirk, Queen of the South and Inverness up against Partick Thistle in the Highlands. We are fast approaching kick-off and we're going to go back to Ibrox next. 
It's Clyde One. Super Scoreboards Open Line. 0141 951 1025. The floor is yours So get in touch And tell us what you made Of today's games Whether it's the performance You thought it was good You thought it was bad You've got something to say About referees Or penalties Or anything That may have come From today's games Share it with us On the phones Or on Twitter We do have one more Full time whistle though And it comes at Easter Road Roger Hanna Hibs in Aberdeen Hibernian 1 Aberdeen 2 Gary Mackay Stephen the match winner For the Dons But he was made to sweat After a second half penalty miss That would have put Terry McInnes's men On easy street They fell behind After just 9 minutes Ollie Shaw smashing A right foot drive From 25 yards low Past Joe Lewis The Dons were level low Just 3 minutes later Andy Considine Heading home from close range After an incredible Goal mouth scramble Free kick into the box Hadn't been cleared Sam Cosgrove denied By Offer Marciano The ball then struck the crossbar before falling for Considine to nod home Aberdeen had chances to go ahead and they did go ahead after 22 minutes Mackay Stephen squeezing the ball home from a tight angle after a great double save from Marciano to deny both Greg Stewart and Stevie May Injury concerns for the Dons in the first half. They lost top scorer Sam Cosgrove with James Wilson coming on. And then just before half-time, Joe Lewis throwing himself to his left to try and save a Stevie Marlin free kick. The ball fizzed the wrong side of the post. Lewis collided with the post, off with a nasty facial wound. Thomas Cherney on for a Aberdeen debut. Second half, Dons started brightly. They had a golden chance to go 3-1 up after 49 minutes. Lewis Ferguson floored in the box by Marvin Bartley. Referee Don Robertson correctly pointing to the spot. Mackay Stephen spot kick though saved well down to his left but off for Marciano managerless Hibs they huffed and puffed they looked a couple of times as if they could get an equaliser for the end Camberry had the ball in the net after 59 minutes rolled out for offside Camberry then headed wide from Bikinta Slivka's dinked cross but Aberdeen in the closing stages carried a real threat in the break James Wilson 76 minutes a great solo run saved again by Marciano and then deep into three minutes of injury time at the end of the game freed by Greg Stewart through and goal beat Marciano the ball slipped just wide of the post Derek McInnes can breathe easily though the Dons go third they could be second by Wednesday night if they can beat Rangers at Pataudry Hibernia in one Aberdeen two maybe you're just coming out of the game getting back in the car the supporters bus getting on the train share your thoughts on today's matches with us 01419511025 lots to look forward to I am sure we're on Twitter at Clyde SSB we're going to hear from the managers involved today let's get stuck in though on the phones Alex is a St Mirren fan on the line an uh, unhappy St Mirren fan, I would imagine, Alex. Guys, first of all, I wasn't at the game today, so what I've seen, I've seen in photographs. I've just finished work, actually, and um, I've seen in social media, but that has to be the worst Dallas performance since Bobby's dream. I mean, <laughs> when when has it ever been a game where you have four penalties? Two of the penalties are outside the box. The referee, and one of the penalties, doesn't he give the penalty, gives a free kick? I thought the referee's decision was final. He then goes to consult with a linesman, changes it and gives it a penalty. I mean, it's an absolute disgrace. I don't know how much Stephen Gerrard's comments about Rangers having made refereeing decisions for the past few seasons and somebody needs to give them answers. Well, I'll tell you, Mr Dallas couldn't have given him any more um, answers than he gave him today. We've given him probably more penalties in one game he's had all season so far. It's an absolute shambles. Right, we've now had the chance to see them. Four penalties. Yeah. Alex Ray... You've seen them back, Gordon. Obviously, saw them, you know, once only in, in the flesh. How many were right? How many were wrong? Uh, Andrew Dallas got two correct for me, Gordon. The first one uh, with the four was clear cut for me, and the one that he was getting hauled back, then resulting in getting into the box for me, 
is also a penalty The other two were not yeah. I think the distinction with that one Because um, we were all having a debate During the break of this We looked up the rule If a defender starts holding an attacker Outside the penalty area yeah. And continues holding inside The referee must award a penalty But that doesn't still change the fact You and Alex's assessment The ref has got two wrong yeah. And two right And given four Is incredible Andrew Dallas Has had a terrible season When it comes to The award of penalty kicks he gave Celtic a penalty kick in the League Cup final against Aberdeen, which was not a penalty. He had his moment uh, in the Hearts and Johnston game where he awarded a penalty that never was. He has awarded two penalties wrongly at Ibrooks today. To go back to Alec the caller, he is insinuating this has something to do with a, a remark that Stephen Gerrard made. To be fair, Stephen Gerrard made that remark after one game. Against Aberdeen at Pataudry He was wrong to make the remark Because he's got no idea What goes on with referees in Scotland Prior to arriving here this season So I don't think that Stephen Gerrard's remark At Pataudry on the first day of the season Has any bearing on this whatsoever Hugh, Hugh, so, Sorry Alex See just to clarify And I think it was Gordon Or someone said The third penalty was given by the linesman Is that correct? Did I hear that right? Well, they, they, they are called. Well, hold on. Let's get well, the, the, the view from Gordon, who was there. That is that seems to be what happened, doesn't it? Yeah, it was. Uh, and Andrew, Alex said that on the phone. Andrew Dallas looked to me like he was not given the penalty kick. He looked over to the linesman just uh, down in front of us, Gordon. He pointed to the spot. Then Andrew Dallas went right over and pointed to the spot for a penalty. Well, they kick. are called assistant referees because they are there to assist. The referee Sometimes they assist The referee In a way that gets The referee Deeper into bother And mm. that may have happened In this instance But by our reckoning Yeah two things Alex By our reckoning Of the, of the four penalty awards Two are right Two are wrong I don't think it's Anything to do with Any remarks That Stephen Gerrard make Back Alex you, on you Alex. go Yeah but what And what I'm hoping In the press conference I'm hoping that Owen Tierney gets in there And rips us apart And takes a ban because he needs to make a stand in this. You know, I'm not saying decisions that went against us all season. Or every other team you get decisions and you don't. But he really needs to start standing up for us now. He's a quiet man. But he needs to become an angry man tonight. I don't, I don't think let... becoming an angry man will help him, to be honest with you. Because his team, uh, to me, lack anything to keep themselves in this Premier League. They look like a team that doesn't know their responsibilities or jobs. They offered absolutely nothing today. They could hardly string the passes together. So he can get in there and he can blame the referee and he's totally within his right to have a go at the referee for a couple of decisions that was wrong. But take the goalkeeper's performance out of the way. Rangers would have had another, what, four or five goals easily. I would be more worried being the St Mirren manager about the performance of my players, never mind the performance of the referee. Are they building a gallows in the background? I, I, uh, <laughs> I hope that's not for me here. <laughs> you're trying to bring the team back into the game, and all of a sudden you get a very soft penalty against you. Mm. That's just going to knock the wind at you, especially if you're playing at I'm Celtic Park or playing at Ibrox. I, I, I take it you weren't at the game there. today. Well, I said that from now. Right, right. Well, what I'll say to you, I, I sat and watched it for 92 minutes. Let me tell you now, um, I like St Mirren's a football club. I've always liked them. But they were never getting into this game. To get into this game, you've got to try and have a shot and goals. They had absolutely nothing to offer. So whether the, the penalty kicks at the wrong moment, uh, you know, finish St Mirren off, Rangers were making chance after chance after chance. And St Mirren never looked 
like they were actually going to score a goal today. So, as I say to you, yeah, have a go at the referee because he's had a poor performance. But I would be more worried about the performance of the St Mirren players to keep you in this league. Thank you to Alex, a St Mirren fan from Cardonald. Alex Ray thinks that two of the penalties were right, two were wrong, Gordon. Um, yeah. A 50% success rate. What do you think? Uh, well, you guys, uh, you get the, the yeah, privilege just going of watching what, them. What you saw at the time. I, I definitely said the second one. I couldn't believe that Andrew Dallas gave the second one. The third one, as I say, he didn't really make that decision. The, the assistant referee made that mm. decision. But was it wrong, him. though? Yes, I thought it was wrong, Gordon. Uh, I, where I was uh, sitting here I got a great view of it I didn't think it was inside the box um, the third one um, and sorry is it the fourth one I've got there aren't many I've got mixed up the one that, that Alex said that he, the lad was getting pulled well it, it started outside the box whether it continued inside was doubtful for me so yeah St Man can feel a bit aggrieved about the penalty kicks and you know Rangers will take them all day long but as I keep touching on, if you're going to stay in this league, you need to start performing. Mm. And I thought Rangers were an easy streak today. So they will have a, you know, the Superman manager will have a little moan about it. But inside, they'll be thinking, well, we were never getting anything out of the game because you've got to try and have a shot at goals before you can score a goal. Colin is a Rangers fan in Dubai. Hi, Colin. How are you doing? Not too Hi, bad. Colin. What's on your mind tonight? Um, I was I watched some of the game online um, at Buffers obviously um, I'm happy with the result uh, fair enough we got a few dodgy penalties but um, I'm happy with the result we were winning the game anyway I would reckon but uh, I'm just thinking about the uh, Defoe I'm excited about him signing but uh, they changed the system to suit Defoe and the drop can can do us and I'm I'm kind of worried that they're, they're doing that um, I think they play better when Candias is playing and Defoe they're trying to just fit Defoe in to the lineup. and for what I've seen in the game they, they don't look as, as good as they did the, the other night because I watched the game the other night they look merely attacking threat so I'm just worried that we've signed Defoe and, and Gerrard's want to play him just to, to, to keep him playing you know what I mean Yeah. Uh, let me put that to Gordon DL Colin since he was there this afternoon is that fair? Having a bad problem can you hear me? <laughs> uh, yes. Hello. Hi, we've got you. Yeah, it's getting in and out, Gordon. I can hear you. We can hear you. Just keep talking. So, oh, we've lost him. Someone's going to have to try and find Gordon DL. Going back to his point, though, uh, Colin in Dubai, uh, I have to say that Defoe gave another uh, element to the, the forward play today. He was sharp. He had a hand in the, the first goal with the penalty here. He also had a hand in the the fourth goal with uh, the overlap by uh, Kent. Ryan Kent, yeah. and he just slid him in, resulting in a dink goal. So he had a big part to play today. And, and going back to the overall picture of Rangers today, they mm-hmm. were really rampant, and they could have scored. As, as Gordon said, I didn't quite follow Colin's point. You know, he said that they were better in midweek against Cowdenbeath, where yeah, they got some early goals and then they fell out of proceedings. And today, you know, yeah, this, we're hearing that the Sambirin goalkeeper, but for him. Uh, this could have crept up to six or seven or eight, you know. So there's a danger that Defoe becomes a a kind of whipping boy here. It's it, it's his fault that the systems change. Well, if you're playing a game that could have been six, seven or eight, the 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 uh, formation seems to be the, working. The well, well, let me try Gordon again. Let me try him again. See if he's there, Gordon. Gordon, can you hear me now? Yeah, we've got you. No, it keeps go- uh, keeps going away. Go- 
Oh, right, we'll uh, leave that there. Colin, what do you make then? Q's obviously putting the point to you as to, you know, how, what, why do you think there was something drastically wrong today when it was such a convincing win? Well, I, as I say, I, I only caught glimpses of the game. Um, I didn't see the, the full game because it was buffering, but um, I don't know. I, I just I, I like Candice as a player. He gives he gives his all for Rangers. Well, I think you'd be um, unfair. Colin, by by your own admission, you didn't see. He's in Dubai. These things the happen. Yeah, I know. But, but how on that basis mm. then can you come on and question the decision to play Defoe? I think you can still speak generally about on, the impact on Wednesday it has on night, the team. I think a lot of questions will be answered because you go to Petodre. Guys like Defoe and Davis were brought to get Rangers over the line and win the title. And to win the title, you need to go to Petodre and win. They were brought for situations mm. like this. Yeah. So it's a big call for Steven Gerrard. If Defoe and Davis sit on the bench, then you go. Steven Gerrard obviously doesn't think Defoe and Davis fit in to the strongest team. Uh, John is a Celtic fan on the line. Wants to talk about Rangers penalties. Hi, John. Hi, Gordon. You're part of the Celtic fan here. All right, okay. No, I'm talking about today's match. I watched, I've seen the goals. Uh, I don't think any more penalties at all. That's my opinion. Not even so, the first one? Not even the first one, right? right. So, see, uh, the VAR has got to come into this, 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 this league. That's diabolical with, with that boy Andrew Dallas today. And see, since as well, uh, I know, see, since uh, Stephen Gerrard complained about Wally Collum, is, is Wally Collum bad for Ibrox? He's never, he's never left a, a Rangers game since then. Um, I, I find that very, very strange. But today's performance with that referee, I know you're saying uh, that man was <coughs> quite poor and things like that, but uh, if you're getting penalties against you and you get goals, the heads go down. So, what will happen with Andrew Dallas? And, I mean, yeah, they probably have. I, I, I cannot recall in my lifetime, and I'm the oldest guy here. I cannot recall. <laughs> I cannot recall anyone ever getting four penalty kicks in one game in our top. Never, fight. never, no. Now, just to go back over it, John. Uh, again, you said yeah, you said about Willie Collum. Stephen Gerrard didn't comment on Willie Collum. It was Rangers. In a statement from the club Who said that Willie Collum had Underlying issues When it came to Rangers So it wasn't Stephen Gerrard It was the club's statement uh, Now I've already said Stephen uh, Andrew Dallas Has had an awful season uh, He gave Celtic a penalty In a, a cup final That was never a penalty Which Forgive me John But you've described yourself As a paranoid Celtic supporter yeah. That that kind of destroys Your conspiracy theory He gave Celtic a penalty In a cup final That was never a penalty So He's got He's, he's got previous you, you can go through All the different games That it does What I'm saying to you Is this right <clears throat> You're saying to me uh, About the Dallas You've never Four penalties right What I'm saying you just, Can I ask you something You just made a statement And saying Underlying issues See if I come onto this show And I said I think uh, Let's use uh, Andrew Dallas For example right I think Andrew Dallas Got underlying issues Against my club Celtic right uh-huh. What would your response be to me? You'd have to back, You'd have but, to but give I it, 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 Hold on you, Hold on You would question me And say I'm paranoid no. Blah 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 Rangers take him out and say underlying issues. What does that tell you? Well, yeah, no, John, that, that, John, that's why they got fined for it. Remember? Yeah, yeah they got fined. That's the whole point. So you're right. You're not allowed to say that, and that's why they got fined. And the only reason well, I brought it up. The, the only reason I brought it up was that you were saying Stephen Gerrard said this. No, he did not. 
It was Rangers in a statement from the club mm. And as Gordon has pointed out They were fined for that Because they overstepped the mark I will never convince you John Or any other Celtic supporter That Andrew Dallas Was right today In what he did And we have said here That we believe him to be right On two occasions And wrong on two occasions It's got to come in Because when guys Going to do a job Right, that's a, their job And they're not, they're not doing a job To their full capacity They've got, they've got to bring VR in now Rather than wait for us Because mistakes like he's making Can barely John, can I ask you something? Can I ask you something? Do you believe that Andrew Dallas today Gave decisions <laughs> To help Rangers Or do you believe that he gave decisions Because <laughs> they, Hold on, hold yeah. on, hold on You came on and you said you were a paranoid Celtic supporter I'm asking you a question here Let me get to the end of the question Do you believe that Andrew Dallas gave Four penalties to Rangers In order to help Rangers Or do you believe he gave four penalties to Rangers Because he's a bad referee Well, looking at the the Previous referees in this This, this, this country With my own club, conspiracy and things like that And they actually got sacked the first time McDonald and all that, so I've got no faith in the referee at all. So see if they want to give penalties, it's no penalties. I still believe. Me personally, I think no, I'm not making it because it's not, not appropriate. But I do think that the games are shambles with the people who, who run the John, I asked you a question Well, I find that uh, interesting Because it's all about uh, how you're actually seeing things John, I watched the, the, the footage that you're watching And all my experience That two of them are penalties So when you come on and say that there are four of them that weren't Then I find that hard to believe So it's about how you're actually seeing things I'm getting a balanced one today Saying I feel as if two of them were and two weren't But to say they're none at all is beyond me uh, 0141-951-1025 on the phones Twitter we are at Clyde SSB That's the address you need We've got managerial audio uh, Making its mm. way to us as well We'll bring you that soon Let's speak to another Rangers fan Gary's on the line Hi Gary Hi panel, how are you doing? Good thanks It's just an open question really To the, the whole panel And um, Ryan Kent mm. Obviously on one for Liverpool at Rangers I just think personally Rangers should be trying to do everything they can To try and get this boy signed on a permanent deal just the thoughts on the panel really It's obviously a great advantage to have As Rangers manager A Liverpool legend In Stephen Gerrard Therefore he can talk to the people at the club uh, With greater relaxation than anyone else could So if there is any possibility of Ryan Kent Becoming a Rangers player on a permanent basis Stephen Gerrard I am absolutely certain Will be investigating that possibility Now but- uh, it depends on how highly Liverpool value Ryan Kent This is where the loan system falls down For the club who has the player Because he's obviously on loan for a reason He's not going to feature on Liverpool's team anytime soon So he goes on loan, he does well And then it's a case that we want to keep him But Liverpool will go Well we've seen his worth to you You know, That's the price tag And it might be out with what Rangers want to pay for him So that's You know the loan system is great And when you get a player coming up and doing a job But when you want to extend the deal You're sometimes outpriced by it Because they say Well he's done well in Scotland We can maybe put him out and loan in England And you know Test him against More competitive players if you like yeah. And Liverpool might fancy that route But no doubt about it he's, he's I think he's been a star for Rangers Especially today I think, I, th- I think Gary's had a, a, a really interesting point I think Rangers were in discussion with Liverpool Prior to today's performance He was a standout for me today He's driving, he's change of direction His power, his pace Setting up goals, scoring goals Hitting cr- the crossbar as well Hugh 
The one thing that's against Rangers here is people will be monitoring him, not just Liverpool. Uh-huh. You, the money's are, uh, on offer down in the Championship and England, yeah. you know, people yeah. can pay that. So whether they've negotiated a price prior to him getting here, but the, if he continues to play in the manner what he's doing here, his price will go up. Uh-huh. Is Gordon Deal with us? Are we still having technical uh, problems? I'm, st- I'm still here, but Gordon. Um, I was just listening to the lads talking about Ken. He actually won man in match today. He was terrific. He caused St. Mirren all sorts of problems, and uh, his goal was terrific, I've got to say. I think Rangers looked better when they took Davis off and they went to basically a 4 4 2. They had two wide men in Kent and Kandes on the right and left, and I thought the balance looked a lot better. How they did Davis do individually, Gordon? Nah, he's he's off it a little bit for me. Um, he's, he looks like a lad that needs uh, a run of games uh, under his belt. Defoe's the same; he had a couple of half chances, and uh, obviously, um, you know, it was very kind of Tavernier to give him the penalty because there's nothing better than getting your first goal at home. Um, and he's another one that just looks like he needs games as well. But I thought the diamond shape, especially in the first half, I, I've watched it at Kilmarnock. I've watched it here today against a very poor St Mirren side, you've got to say. Uh, it's not It's not working for me just yet. Uh, I prefer uh, Rangers when they've got the wide areas. Kent, very dangerous on the left. Kandé is great delivery ball. So uh, it's maybe a problem for Steven Gerrard to say, right, OK, if we've got to give it another go, then fine. If it's not working, then he's got the players to change his uh, system. Thanks to Gary and Greenock. We are going to hear the thoughts of Rangers manager Steven Gerrard and others next. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's personal injury solicitors, a team that gets results every week. Talk to Thompson's.com. The games are over. The talking begins. 0141-951-1025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard's open line. An incredible afternoon of Scottish football When is it ever anything else? Let's hear from you Hopefully you were at the games And you want to share your eyewitness accounts If not, you can still call in 01419511025 Twitter is at Clyde SSB Let's hear from Stephen Gerrard After that win for Rangers against St Mirren I remember a game at Man United Where we got three penalties Because I took them um, But we never got four, no uh, So probably not can't remember, no. What did you make of the decision? What happened to the second penalty? Did Jermaine try and say it wasn't a penalty? Though? Well, he didn't appeal for one the referees give the penalty. Jermaine's tried to ride the challenge. Contact's debatable, but he's jumped back up and the refs give the penalty, so I don't think myself or Jermaine have got anything to say on that. I thought all the other pe- penalties were penalties. The handball, he's handballed it first and foremost out the area, but he's still handballing it inside the area. It's like a catch. first one was blatant. Maybe missed one on Alfredo. So there could have actually been five. In terms of our performance, I don't think it was good enough. First half, it was a, there was an improvement. Second half, uh, we created a lot more. Second half, the keepers made some fantastic stops. So the scoreline could have looked even more for us, but unfortunately yeah, it wasn't. But um, disappointed with us first half. Set shot well from Petardry, Stephen. Yeah, it does look the, the the priority today was obviously the result. Um, secondly, a, a clean sheet if you can do that. So I'm happy with that. Third, the performance. I thought we got a slight improvement after the break, but we were disappointed in the first half, and over the next seven days we'll have to perform a lot better than we did today. I just think we forgot the basics in football when you're at a big club. I think before you kick a ball, you've got to run hard, you've got to work hard, you've got to press, you've got to be aggressive, play with intensity. Um, I just thought we looked a little bit lethargic and then a little bit off it. Um, maybe it's me wanting too much out of them, but when I walked in the dressing room, every set of eyeballs hit the floor, so... 
Uh, I think I was right to ask for more last time. Uh, Gordon Deal, all the talk about the penalties. Stephen Gerrard, not overly delighted with the performance. Certainly sounds like he, he could see plenty of room for improvement. Oh, yeah, certainly can. Um, as I said, Gordon, earlier, I thought the Rangers look a lot better when they go to the, the wide areas, um, the Candace on the right and Kent on the left. You know, bags of pace, energy, good deliveries, Kent gets his goal. The diamond shape for me just now needs a bit of work on. And uh, very interesting that the Rangers manager's come out and he's standing on the edge of the park. I don't know what he's doing. Maybe he's looking to see if there's any more penalty kicks to be taken. Um, so, no, I thought that um, Rangers weren't at their best first half, but... They were always comfortable, Gordon. You never thought there was going to be a shock. You never thought that St Men could get back in the game. They didn't really create anything. Rangers were in second gear in the first half. The second half was a lot better and created a lot of chances. And only for a terrific performance from the St Men goalkeeper, there could have been a lot more goals. Uh, I think... I'm just trying to, to remember here and I'm looked this game up. I think there were four penalties in a Rangers St Mirren fixture previously. But in twenty twelve, I think three were for Rangers, one were for St Mirren. Someone can correct me on that one. I know you people out there remember everything. Well, I think the point was could you ever remember four penalties yeah, the being one given to seen, one yeah. team? Uh, and I certainly cannot. But interesting Stephen Gerrard plucked that one out of the air. He got three penalties, uh, and scored all three for Liverpool against Man U. Uh this will be the main topic we, we, we can't avoid it People will go on But interesting that Stephen Gerrard Is of the opinion That all four Were penalties And he felt that They might have had a fifth I'm sure I don't, I don't think he says The one that uh, Jermaine Defoe Tried to ride it And there was no contact I think he, he was clear He that called that the wasn't. contact Debatable Yeah but uh, Well <laughs> Rangers won the match Convincingly Penalties May have been given wrongly in our estimation, two were given wrongly. In Stephen Gerrard's estimation, one is debatable. But another one might have been given for a foul on Morelos. So this will go on and on. Uh, Kevin is in Royston. Hi, Kevin. How you doing, guys? Yeah, good, thanks. Uh, what do you take away from that today? Just heading back to the game, obviously. In the car. Yeah. I'm after three points. Uh, regardless how we got it. Now, it's a solid points just now. But... Uh, I'm not convinced with this, with this diamond formation in the two up front. The reason being, obviously, we struggled in it. Come on, it. I thought they'd go with that. And he changed back for Livingston last week with the two wide men. As Gordon Dale had mentioned there, with Kent wide left and Candace right. And that seems to be our, our best option, attacking options. Uh, so I believe Stephen Gerrard's kind of picking and choosing his games where to, where to tweak the formation and what's happened today. <laughs> no disrespect to St Mirren But You can probably get away with it I brought against St Mirren The teams like that But uh, I believe next week at Aberdeen It ends the night It's massive So We'll go back to the 4-3-1 uh, 4 one three, Whatever it is Yeah that becomes the next question Gordon Deal um, If you were going to pick a game To try your formation That you want to play At home to the bottom team In the league It's probably a good one did you see enough to stick with it against a team like Aberdeen? No, because I think against the better teams, I think that they could pick you off, Gordon. They didn't control the middle of the park, but they've got so many players in there, obviously, with the diamond, the four players, and four of what you would say real decent players, but they didn't command it, the middle of the park, and I just think that Rangers look a lot better 
uh, and a lot more balanced with Candace. But he, what he what he basically done today was get his two major signings in the team. So he, he, he tweaked the formation to get Davis uh, some game time and obviously Defoe up front some game time because he's going to need them to run into the end of the season. And it was a perfect opportunity because... You know, it's a poor St Mirren team, you've got to say. Yeah. A real poor St Mirren team. You were at home in front of nearly 50,000. So it was an opportunity to try it once again. But unless he works on it constantly, just now I don't yeah. see it really working. And I think against the teams up near the top of the league, I, I think you yeah. could, you know, put yourself in trouble. Gordon, I'm exactly with you. I think on Wednesday night, I think he'll go back to the 4 2 3 1. He'll get Kent on the left hand side, Candace on the other side, and he'll get the three central midfielders who's been successful. And the reason why they've actually adopted it today was because the, the opposition, and, and you're right when you say, I think they'll go back to the. Alec, like, what, what, what I've noticed, uh, obviously, he's trying to pair up uh, Defoe and Morelos and we all, we all talk about partnerships but the two of them I don't know if it's meant to happen the way it happens but they play so far apart, far apart it's incredible, mm. they don't really link up that much, I thought Morelos today uh, at times was outstanding I've got to say, I thought uh, he was unlucky not to get a, a couple of goals, I thought his uh, link up play was very good, his hold up play was good Defoe just looks a centre forward that needs, like Davis, needs a few games mm. to get himself going uh, Still no answers I don't think on the quiz question of when was the last time a team got four penalties Mark Wilson, did you play in the Celtic 9 Aberdeen 0 game? No No, was that your time though? Yeah, it was no. my time, yeah Celtic three penalties that day So, yeah, still one short sure. yeah. uh, Kevin, what did you make of the penalties from a Rangers fan's perspective? We've already had well, a Celtic fan on saying none of them should have been penalties What's your take? I've only seen two of them kind of close up uh, Never caught the last one But uh, I think the foe was caught On both occasions In the first half uh, uh, Some some unclear kind of dived in I think to be honest, but uh, regardless uh, whether they're still more pens or no, Andrew Dallas gave them. You know what I mean, so uh, yeah, but that's that's the point, Kevin, isn't it? That's the point. That's what we were obviously discussing today. That's where you disagree. You thought there was yeah. no contact whatsoever yeah. on the second this, one. The second one for me, there's absolutely zero. And you can actually see it when uh, the four dives up to then try and retrieve the ball because there was no contact. He wasn't even looking for it, and I actually think he was kind of saying to the guys, "I, I wasn't looking for." Uh, apparently on that occasion John's in Dumbarton What do you make of it John? Hi guys I was at the game today It's just a, a question for Alec yep. See See regardless Taking the penalties Yeah right, Is this Do they allocate who takes them Before the game yep. starts Because when they got to the second penalty the, the third penalty Because you see Morelis I was at the game He went in the right half You know Because Tavern I would have given the ball and they obviously Tower I took the ball, scored it, everything graduated from apart from Morelis, he walked away in another direction. And then when it came to the fourth penalty and they gave it handy to the four, he was in a week and a half, but he kind of let that one go and he then walked over and congratulated the four for scoring. But he was simply going to huff right for the the second penalty on was that he wasn't getting to take them. Yeah, I think I think uh, I, I think was just wondering how they allocate these no, penalties ta- ta- Tavernier's Tavernier's the number one yeah, The problem uh, is You, you don't expect guy. to get four So the rules yeah, sort of, of Go out the window yeah. after that I think and, that's and I, I think the one thing For, for myself I, I was a penalty taker At Millwall Missed one against Crystal Palace Took the second one And thankfully I scored But uh, we, we, we then went on After he'd missed it You know And we were saying Does he take the third one Which he did do For me uh, If I'm Tavernier I'm taking. The, I'm going for the hat trick I'm a designated guy But I can mm. understand Why you then oh. pass it over To a guy who's just 
Home debut wants to score Managerial audio Making its way to us Arguably The result of the day At Fir Park Motherwell 3 Livingston 0 Here's Stephen Robinson In truth I actually think We've played better than that In lost games You know if we look early on In the season Any game against Livingston Is going to be a scrap And a battle And, and I thought we We fought them out battle them today And now that the players That we've got in the football club I think we've got that wee bit of Quality up that top end of the pitch You know with Bowley With, with Jake Hastie With Mano You know he's a great finish From Mano as well today and, and then the three that we bring on You've got another three To bring on in that area of the pitch So some really good performances I thought the, the two centre halves were excellent I thought the two of them were excellent they're a hard team to deal with they put balls into the box every opportunity every throw in is like a corner and we didn't defend that when we went away from home so we've, we've learnt our lessons um, I thought it was a really dogged performance I still think we can be better You spoke about Jake previously but he was terrific today, wasn't he? Yeah, he, he, he's a breath of fresh air, you know. And I think um, you know, bringing James Scott on as well, he's the same. They've no fear. They know they're not frightened of anybody. They're not frightened of the crowd. Give them a little bit of stick. Um, they're not frightened of the first team players. So what they do is give a real freshness. He's like a new signing, Jake, for us. Um, and there are things he can get better at, obviously. Um, but I thought both the, the wide players and Mano up top as well that there was threat all day long, you know, and that probably is the difference between us now and what we had before Christmas. How pleased are you for Curtis? Obviously, he's finished that because he was banging them every week. I'm delighted for him because I see him do that in training every week, and what he won't get is the credit for the bit that he does in a 4 3 3. Your front man is an only job at times. It's a battle and it's a scrap and it's a fight, and he does that so well, holds the ball up, brings others into play. Um, and I'm delighted he got the goal. You know, we see him do that every day in training. He just, you know, sometimes when you're not scoring goals, you start snatching at things. But one thing he doesn't do is hide, and that's, you know, that's one thing fans maybe don't see at times. He doesn't hide, and he's got his just rewards today. Creeping closer and closer to the top mm-hmm. six in their own quiet little way, Motherwell. So can they do it? Here, seven points well, a gap at the moment. You would think not, but uh, he loves these words like battle, scrap, fight, Stephen Robinson. But it, it seems to me that today. It was more than just battle, scrap and fight. There was a bit of quality there for them. You'll be a happy man, Gordon Deal. Oh, delighted. I'm delighted for young Hasty. I'm delighted the fact that he, uh, Mark Wilson wasn't there when we brought him in. Because <laughs> he's obviously improved and went on to bigger things now. And uh, he's a terrific lad. Uh, 01419511025. John is a Celtic fan from Shettleston. Wants to discuss Rangers penalties. Hi, John. Yeah, hello there. Uh, four penalties. One legit, I would say. And uh, I'm very surprised that Kent get sponsors man in a match. I thought it might have been Dallas. Oh, right. Yeah, but, I see what you did there. Uh, John, what penalty? God, John, I have John? never seen such an abysmal. What penalty do you think was legitimate or curious? The first John? one. Ah, the first, first one. one. Right. That was it. That's it. I've watched it. And before all the Rangers fans come on saying I'm obsessed and all that, I like watching Comedy Channel anyway. So. But it's honestly, God, it's John. ridiculous. When are all these uh, honest mistakes going to stop? John, what um, what was so what, what was wrong with the rest? If you like, talk us through your thinking. The the, the penalties. Yep. Well, the the second one is a dive. Although he, I'll, I'll give the his due. He got up and probably said no contact. Give him his due there. The third one is handball. It's outside the box. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the guys yeah. agree. Yep. Okay, and and the the last one. The two of them are pulling at each other outside the box, and the two of them fall in the box. So how how how, do, how can they discriminate from one player to the other when the two of them were at it? Well, for me, John, John, for John, for me, that that one you're talking about when he was pulling the the Rangers player had the ball just about to shoot. The Samaritan players behind him, and he's kind of grappling with him. So he's trying to get beyond him. And I said to Mark, if he lets go before it goes into the box, but he continues to hold. Whereas the Rangers players away, he's gone. 
So for me, that's a stone wall penalty, uh, and it's good because oh, I think. No. <laughs> Sorry. Right. Well, to be fair, John Alex is admitting that two of the four weren't. So, I, I, you know, I don't think there's any no, great. We can't help that. <laughs> well, you so, can't help what. We've had guys on here today, John, saying that there was no penalties uh, should have no, been awarded. Talk, well, he's talking nonsense. So, uh, listen, that's what we're saying, John. It's about opinions. We have told you two weren't and two were. So, you know, you're coming John, on saying three and one. So, what's the difference? John, the same referee gave Celtic a penalty in a cup final earlier this season that was not a penalty. And, and, and then, and then the, the, your man Gerard comes on and says there should have been another one for Morelos. Well, Morelos shouldn't even go in the park. He's all morning and greeting the, the linesman, rolling about the place. Then he, he kicks it. It's a running player on the touchline, and nothing said about him. John, can I go back to my question? The, the same, no, he doesn't want to elicit that. The, the, the same referee gave Celtic a penalty in a cup final earlier this season. Would you have put that down to human error? Well, usually it's an honest mistake. No, I'm asking you. You, you obviously Celtic fan. You remember the cup final, don't you? I remember them all. Well. He gave Celtic. Back. He gave yeah. I'm confining myself to the League Cup final. Andrew Dallas gave Celtic a penalty that never was. Uh, would, uh, would you put that down to human error, and therefore today an element of human error might have been there? Yeah, probably. But was good. You go back in 1970. Remember Bobby Davidson? I do. I was in the penalty against Celtic. You put that down to human error or uh, I, I was now there. we are going back no, This is it, one for it you was, <laughs> it, was, it was the 1970 Cup final uh, And Celtic lost to Aberdeen And uh, Jock Steen was Incensed by the decision uh, It's just a fact of life That uh, Celtic supporters believe That they are the victim Of more wrong decisions Than any other club So uh, For what it's worth And it was what 49 years ago I didn't think it was a penalty but it was 49 years ago Oren Kearney went to see Andrew Dallas after the game Find out what he had to say next Clyde One Super Scoreboard With Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors Get the result you deserve Talk to Thompson's.com After they play You have your say 0141 951 Clyde One Super Scoreboard's Open Line well, what a day it was in Scottish football We had wins for Rangers, Motherwell, Aberdeen And it was all square between Hamilton and Dundee In the top flight Rangers 4, St Mirren nil, Given 4 penalties Scored 3, three of them yeah. Missed 1 of them mm. um, We've already had the opinions of Stephen We ended up talking about decisions from 1970 Which I didn't expect, I must admit um, We heard from <laughs> Stephen Gerrard Let's get the thoughts of Oren Kearney uh, we had a meeting a couple of weeks ago with the referees and it's the first time I've gone in to see a referee here and I'm speaking to him like I'm speaking to you now and there was no <laughs> um, histrionics or anything else that goes with it but I just asked his opinion and, and I suppose, and as I say for him, it's tough because he's got to make that in an instant uh, but when you go through them and you look at them, um, you know, they're disappoint- it's, it's just disappointing for us. Did Andrew Dallas accept that he'd got some of the No, because he hasn't watched them back yet. And again, the purpose of me going in there, I don't think, was to say I'm right and you're wrong or to try and falsify that. It was more, I suppose, to get an interpretation. But it's it's the second one, or the, sorry, not the second one, there's, sorry, there's that many. It's the, it, was the, it, was the third, it was the third one for us that, that was the big one because people, you can query all you want if you watch the footage back that, that he's outside and it's a free kick, uh, but it's not even that because the ruling is, and that's the only one, the thing I wanted to clarify with Andrew was that what does what does unnatural position mean? Unnatural position means that if you go to block, if you go to try and stop a cross, that it, if you put an arm out that's out, outside of your body and it hits your hand, 
that's an unnatural position because you're gaining an advantage by where your hand is at. When you watch it back, Greg jumps and he does raise his hands, but he puts his hands right in front of his face. And if and the easiest way to, to say that that's not a penalty is, if you watch that clip back and visually cut Greg's arms out of the picture, what would happen? He would cross the ball and it would smack Greg on the side of the face, which would say his arms are not in a natural. Whether he's in or out is irrelevant for that penalty because um, his arms aren't in an unnatural position as, as the laws go. And the final one, just <laughs> while we're here, we might as well, <laughs> um, was... And again, I've seen it, there's quite a bit of contact. It's all outside the box. Candace plants two feet about a foot, a foot and a half from the 18 and then and then takes off and, it, and he lands inside the area. But all the contact is on the outside of the area. So. Gordon, do you Lauren Kearney, whilst disagreeing with the decisions, sounding quite measured about it? Yeah, um, I'm very surprised. Um, he didn't mention his performance his own team. Well, I'm I sure know, he did. That was just yeah, a one-minute 50 yeah, clip. I know, so. he's, I know that he's, um, he sounded very calm there. And he's quite right to go in and maybe have a chat with Andrew Dallas and just ask him about you know his decisions. Um, but Andrew Dallas won't give him any answers until he watches it back, obviously. I disagree with him. I thought it was a handball with Tansy. Um, I know where he's trying to go with that one. But it certainly wasn't, apparently, because it was outside the box. Well, Oren Kearney always comes across as the most civilised of men. And there was a man who must have been in torment, but has come in in a civilised fashion after speaking to the referee. He is a professional man, a manager in our top flight, and he believes that he has a sense of grievance. Stephen Gerrard is a manager in our top flight who believes that Rangers might have had five penalties. So... Go and pick the bones out of all of this. Well, listen, I, I've got to agree with Oren Kearney. Uh, does you saying that I wasn't? Uh, it was a handball. You saying uh, the third one, Mark? Yeah, I thought it was a handball outside the box. I right. thought it was a free kick. Yeah, I, I, I me seeing it and just a snapshot. Yeah, I agree with Oren Kearney with the hands to the side. But the fourth one, I, I mean, I know you guys and Gordon read out the rules. You know, I'm tend to mm. agree a bit with Oren Kearney that the mm. the contact was all mm. outside the box and well, depends falls on, into the box. When you say co- contact, if it's con- contact, contact is different from holding though. It depends. You know, if yeah. if we're talking about holding, if holding starts outside the box, mm-hmm. I'll just I'll just read you the rule. The box, I'll read so. you the rule because there's no point yeah. in you know it's it's not me that's saying this. If a defender starts holding an attacker outside the penalty area and continues holding inside the penalty area. The referee must award the penalty. Yeah, and that's exactly what happened for me, Mark. I, you know, when he when he kind of grapples with him, uh, maybe about twenty yards or so, yeah. and then it then goes into the box. Because I said to you, if he lets go uh, outside the box, then it's a free kick. Uh, it's, uh, again, it's just alarming. If we take it in context, all over the season, uh, and Andrew Dallas, it's alarming how quickly he has to give decisions. And I know the third one, he he goes over to his linesman. And people saying it's the linesman that's gave it. He still has to give the penalty. You know, and it's alarming how quickly he is to, you know, almost desperate to point to the spot. Not just this game, game in the cup final, yeah. the game at McDermott Park. It's almost like, you know, he gets rushed into these decisions yeah. and he has to take a step back. A very interesting point about the meeting in Perth. It's only two weeks since they all went to McDermott Park uh, and the, the need was for better relationships between. Managers, players and match officials Two weeks later Mayhem I have to say Oren Cairn was very measured there Hugh I yeah, think he could was, have been a lot uh, more critical yeah. of the situation uh, But again going back to Gordon Dale's point 
they were comprehensive uh, winners today Rangers I think most people sort of agree with that logic because we've all played football and you talk about this unnatural position the only thing for me and I think maybe this would be good if it, if it got cleared up seeing the actual ruling Was. of handball there, there is no mention of unnatural position so Oren Kearney builds a very convincing case yeah. I've probably used it myself when you when you try and justify a decision one way or the other yeah. unnatural position actually doesn't doesn't come in into it it's, it's not, not in the ruling no. so um, here's an interesting one Hugh um, well you might disagree but just a bit of a development Andrew Gutman would be the, the player that Celtic had signed they were yes. loaning him back to America yes, yes. Um, well Nashville Soccer Club have issued a statement tonight saying um, Nashville Soccer Club announced its intent to take defender Andrew Gutman on loan from Celtic however as an expansion member of the MLS um, and so on and so forth you don't need to worry about that Nashville will not be proceeding with the loan the MLS does not support the transaction um, so I don't know whether that mean, maybe that means Celtic are going to get him sooner than they thought. Well, if there are technical reasons why he's not going to Nashville, then you know Celtic can bring him back and develop him at Lennox Town. Uh, I'm sure that would be of no problem whatsoever to to Brendan Rodgers. Mm, I do think though, if you bring in a player like that, it's always better to play first team football at a level than come and play. You development know, stuff. Development mm. stuff. I think if they're wanting to develop him, it's better him getting out and playing actually. Real right, we are a bit short on time, but let's squeeze in David's a Celtic fan in Kerfin wants to talk referees. Hi, David. Hi, guys. How you doing? Yeah, good. Thanks. Um, um, I tell you, um, my take on referees in Scotland. I mean, I'm I'm, I'm a Celtic supporter, and if I if my career is going to be Grade One referee, I just genuinely don't think there'd be a way that that I would change with team support. Um, and I, I'm, I'm sure maybe Ali and the panel there would be the same. Um, and and I just think that. Scotland seems to be the only country I, I think that residents don't need to give their allegiance as to who they support and it doesn't matter whether it's Rangers, Celtic or Edinburgh City I just don't think that any referee who supports a football team should A, referee their games or B, referee the games their rivals I mean, internationally you would never ever get a referee for France refereeing a France team game because people would think that his patriotism would, would outweigh his judgement and I just think in Scotland because we're such a small country the two biggest clubs are so well supported mm. I just think the one weekend that I can remember where there was very little talking points is the weekend with foreign referees and that's my take on it David you just mentioned that you know you think this would be a good idea because Scotland's such a small country dominated by two big clubs is that not the is that not the main reason why it couldn't happen? So I, was, I think if they actually, when it, when, if, if we looked at asking the allegiances, I just, it just doesn't seem right that you're watching an old firm game, no matter which side of the bench you're on, and the referee in the centre, no matter men. whether they try and be impartial, if they would prefer one team to win or not, that can't be mm. right. Hugh, I just wonder how that would work as a numbers game, because I've seen the suggestion loads of times, and I, yeah. I get the logic behind it. In this country, I, I don't know, what, what percentage of people support Celtic or Rangers? I don't know, it'd be pretty high though, you'd have well, to say, certainly in this yeah. city. So you're then saying that all of those people, if they become refs, they cannot referee Celtic and they also can't referee Rangers because they're the direct rivals. Uh-huh. Would, would, we be, would we ever be able to get enough referees? No. I object on a personal level to being in a country where I am asked to state certain things before I get a job. I do not need to give my allegiance to whoever I do not need to state where I was educated I simply believe that I should be given a job on merit 
if I am good enough to do it. Referees are professional men. Yes, they get things wrong. Yes, they are accused of all sorts in this country. However, I do not want to be in a country mm. where in order to be a referee, you first of all have to divulge certain details because you are under suspicion. And don't forget the old thing in this country, Hugh. Even if you say who you do support, People don't believe you anyway yes. So you need to provide some good backup Anyway thanks to David and Kerfin That's all we do have time for Hugh just sum up today's action well, if you can It was quite a day Listen it all comes down to one thing now Rangers have moved to within three points of Celtic Aberdeen could go above Rangers on Wednesday If Rangers lose at Pataudry It's becoming that tight up there Everything is now about Celtic at St Johnston tomorrow can they take their lead back to six points on a ground where the last time they were there they scored six goals? That's the question. Honestly, we could have extended tonight's open line until midnight. So apologies if we didn't get through, but the good news is we'll be back on Monday night from six and we'll do it all over again. Hugh Keevens will be here. Alex Ray will be here. I suppose I better join them and we would love it for you to join us on the phones and on Twitter. Thanks for your company this afternoon. Thanks to all the pundits. You might as well stay where you are if you want to kick off your weekend in style because the GBX is up next. <laughs>